Bem-vindo, gente. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Si Se Puede here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Now, welcome, everyone. This is our series talking about Latine and Hispanic heritage in the American media, primarily focusing on film and television. Now, today's guest is my dear friend, Gabby Morales. So Gabby and I, we met in junior year. We were in this Monday night lecture, film industry, which while I enjoyed the class, my favorite part was the pre-class shenanigans. Now this was a Monday night class from like 6 to 9.30, something like that. And Gabby and Sydney uh, always had me tee-hee-heeing in the pre-class banter uh, before class actually started. Now Sydney and Gabby are both here in Los Angeles, as am I, as well as their roommate Kylie. And when I first moved out here uh, a year ago, in a couple days actually, uh, Gabby, Sydney, Kylie were foundational to my transition period here in Los Angeles. Now, uh, Gabby and I further bonded in BULA, Boston University, Los Angeles, and we kept in touch throughout the pandemic. But as soon as I landed here, they became uh, very important people to me. Uh, and uh, through celebrating Halloween and Thanksgiving together last year, as well as a lot of just casual hangs, Gabby and I talked a lot about Latine and Hispanic heritage and what that means on TV, what that means in society, and we both work in the industry. We're aspiring to have a future in this uh, crazy industry called Hollywood, um, and this was a conversation that came up a lot, Latin representation on TV, like the characters, the stereotypes. Um, I remember when I texted Gabby and our mutual friend Eduardo about Encanto, uh, I remember Gabby had a lot of interesting things to say, and we had a further conversation about like generational trauma in the Latina community, and uh, I always valued Gabby's opinions and continue to value them. So when I was crystallizing this project, I was like, gotta get Gabby on here because not only is she incredibly talented and funny and amazing, but she has a lot of things that I think are important to hear. And I'm excited for you to all get to know Gabby a little bit better and enjoy this podcast episode, hearing our conversation. Now, before we get things started, I do want to tell you all, Gabby has her own podcast, Thoughts Worth Thunk with uh, Camila. And they are two Latino women navigating the film industry, one in Los Angeles, one in London. And I really enjoy this podcast. And I'm not just saying this because Gabby's a good friend. They are seriously so entertaining. And I highly, highly recommend you all check them out. If you're listening to this, give them a listen. Uh, They have a whole back catalog. And uh, they're just two friends catching up on a Zoom call. But it's recorded for listeners to have uh, access to it. Now, without further ado, I'm excited to bring you my conversation with the great Gabby Morales. So official. (laughs) All right, everyone, I am here with my friend Gabby. Gabby, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Hello, everybody. Um, I'm Gabby, Gabby Morales. Um, yeah, should I just, like, say, like, give a little... Whatever you want to share. You could say as little or as much as you want, but... Sure. Um, I am, let's see, I'm 23. I'm out here in L.A. I've been here for about almost 
year and a half. It'll be two years next year. Um, let's see. I'm currently working as a production coordinator. I'm production coordinator on The Price is Right, so currently working with a lot of game show stuff. And um, yeah, it's really enjoying it right now and learning as much as I can. So let's see. Yeah, and you are a Latina from Miami. Uh, yes, I'm from, Mrs. So. 305. Um, my parents are from Central America. Uh, mom's from Nicaragua, and my dad is from Honduras. So, um, yeah, very, very big Latina yeah. raised big in Miami. Big Pitbull fan? Oh, come on. Pitbull's our unofficial president in the 305. <laughs> Like official Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, let's go. Got yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh I'm so excited to talk to you because I know we've had private conversations about this topic many times, mm-hmm. but I'm so excited to like have your perspective shared with anyone who chooses to listen to this episode. Um, but uh do you have a recollection of the first time you were able to resonate with a character on a TV show or a movie because of their Latin heritage or their Hispanic heritage? Uh, do you like have a recollection of the first time you were able to notice that? Um, I'm gonna be quite honest. Like when we were younger, it was just kind of really hard to see that. Like my, I think when, I, like really starting out young, um, you know, like Disney princesses, like that was yeah. always like something that as a little girl, like you always just like it was a ton of content that you like consumed, and like, um just came to mind just recently because the little mermaid trailer um yeah the live action just came out and like there's so many like videos on like all over the internet just of like little black girls being like so excited and so happy to finally see somebody who looks like them on the big screen and like i actually got to talking about this with a couple friends of mine and they're like saying um they're like oh yeah like that's so cool i'm so happy for them it's so nice to see and then like come to think of it like that it's so crazy to see that like these little black girls are like able to see and like understand like the difference in like skin or just kind of be aware of your like kind of like minority status or just like um your just race in general just like the whole big of it all um because they're like because we like I never really thought about that when I was little and I was like oh no I fully was was watching these princess movies and I'm like oh yeah like the closest person or princess I always felt close to was Mulan because she had like she like obviously like I'm not, well not obviously because people can't see me but I'm yeah. not Asian <laughs> and um um you know I always thought Mulan was like the closest person that I could relate to um because you know she she had black hair you know what I mean she kind of had like a similar eye shape but like that's about it you know what I mean like she was tough and she wasn't she was her and Pocahontas were obviously like the only princesses I think that were and, and Tiana later on like for Princess and the Frog. But that was after we were like little. But that was after so. we were older at that point, a little bit older, and then like in the end they fucking like turned them into frogs for like ninety percent of the movie. Um, but they were like outwardly the you could tell like they were the only minorities in the princess group. So it was just something that I always paid attention to not necessarily make like my little young and brain was not like oh my god like the racism and like all this stuff like you know what i mean it was just fully just kind of thinking like oh nobody looks like me or like nobody speaks like i do so like okay i mean like moving on like they're still nice and stuff because you know like you're still little um 
but yeah I'm trying to think of a good recollection that I had when I was younger um trying to think Hmm. well I can while you think about that I I heavily resonate with what you're saying like for me like I always loved Aladdin because I was like okay yeah like of the Disney men he was like the most ethnic one I guess uh Mm -hmm. I mean Simba obviously but like he's also a lion so it's not yeah I'm like he's a lion they're animals (laughs) But I'm like Simba is 100% black, and you cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> oh my like, god! Like the Lion King is uh, you're in Africa, Africa right? yeah. yeah. But, uh, Timon is white. We we acknowledge that though. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we can we can uh, put whatever human race on the Lion King characters on another episode of this podcast. But today we're talking about uh, being Latino and Hispanic, and so Aladdin was always someone I resonated with. Um, and just because he was like the only one that was a little less white he was he was a different ethnicity and different race than the others so I always uh related to that and I would always like Aladdin was my favorite um like of all the Disney princes which I guess was like not really some of them aren't princes but whatever Um, I know what you're saying that's yeah um but going Um, back to the Disney thing just I'm trying to answer your question but it's just kind of like I it was really hard for me to find something that was like really resonated with me just because representation kind of was not a thing back then like it was not as important as it is right now um I'm trying to think and I'm like I would remember like okay like Wizards of Waverly Place or like Camp Rock or like um the Princess Protection Program let's see what else um High School Musical like it would always be small indicators like the mom in that would always be like Mija or like Mijo, you know what I mean? Like the throwaway line. And I'm like, oh, you're just trying to tell me that right now that they're supposed to be Latino, but like nobody's speaking Spanish. You know what I mean? Like And they can also they, get away with whitewashing the actors. Like David exactly. Henry's not Latino. Uh I, like I remember the day I found out Vanessa Hudgens wasn't Latina. I was so sad. I was I, like, wait, like, she's oh, Filipina, which is like at least she's not white, but um still like she's not Latina. And I was like I always would see those things or like watch those shows and I was like oh okay like this is the most that writers are able to give us um because they don't obviously they're not they weren't hiring like Latino writers back then when we're still pretty much a small minority nowadays too um but it was just like it's really hard to kind of like try and find something in the consumption like not the the content that I was consuming back then that was just like yeah this was like the first time that I fully felt represented on screen and it wasn't like until like Gogo happened and Encanto like all these things that Disney is now pushing now that I'm just kind of like I never really had something like this when I was growing up like it wasn't at this full spectrum like full level very in your face like this is Latino I mean uh, for me like something that i looked at this week so uh i was like oh we're gonna play latino movies whenever i have control of the remote in the break room um Mm -hmm. and then i went to disney plus and usually they have like a whole category like a banner listed of like celebrate black stories celebrate asian stories we didn't have one i had to go to the like explore collections tab and then it had a hispanic and latino collection and it's bare bones like there is nothing there if you look at it disney plus And that was, like, so disheartening. And, like, that's just, like, for me, like, an example of, like, how unrepresented we are in the media 
like in terms of Latino stories. And then oftentimes it is like the most whitest of white Latinos. And like, I'm happy for my, like the Latino people who get their opportunities, like regardless of uh, what they look like. But it would be cooler to see like more diverse Latino stories, like Afro-Latinos, yeah. Asian Latinos. Yeah, uh, and I was going to bring this up later in the conversation, but now that you're bringing it up, um, one of the, I get well, now that I remembered, but one of the biggest things, I guess, for me seeing myself, quote unquote, because it wasn't necessarily like um, where we come from, like where my parents, like their countries being represented, but Central America in general being represented, kind of like, um, like George Lopez, like George Lopez was such a big thing, like he's the only show and he himself was like the only big representation like actor that I could think of like nowadays we have more but like back then when I was younger George Lopez was like the famous Latino that like everyone thought of like his show was great on Nick like I was always watching that and when I would watch the George Lopez show um I was like oh my gosh like this is like kind of under like we're getting there you know what I mean like this is kind of a dynamic that you don't see on television a lot because we're just not represented um and he was just kind of like the first thing I remember being like oh okay like this is like kind of like yeah this is this is us you know what I mean but at the same time like um and this is like no way in a dig to Mexican culture because Mexican culture is beautiful but, and of course, like, they're a huge country, so, like, there's a lot of people who come they're from there. they're also right next to us, so it's probably, like, the easiest yeah, representation, um, like, because a lot of people just come straight from Mexico. Yeah, and then I'm talking less about, like, California, but more of, like, just, like, an industry yeah, scale. But- yeah, I mean, I guess it impacts it as well. But there are so many, when kind of just looking at the Latino film and TV industry, you get so much representation of, um, Mexicans the Mexican culture that's like usually like 90% of what's being pumped when you ask about Latinos like if you have to pick a Latino for a like a type of media like on a tv show or on a film they usually always go for Mexican Puerto Ricans um or Mexicans or Puerto Ricans that's usually like the top two I feel like that get like represented and like again like it's not to be like they don't deserve it or whatever because like of course like everyone deserves to be represented but everyone just kind of forgets when it comes to central america or like even in daily life it's just kind of like oh you're central america so you're mexican and i'm like no no central america is not fully just mexico um there's other countries and like people forget like nicaragua honduras guatemala costa rica like those are all they're smaller countries obviously but those are all like part of central america and like when I saw, um, yeah, when I saw Coco, I was like, this is, like, this is the, like, when I, this is, when I see Mexican culture being represented in the industry, I'm like, this is the closest that I've ever gotten, because, of course, they're in Central America, but it sucked, like, it's kind of bittersweet, because I'm like, oh, yes, like, I feel for some things, but obviously, it's not my culture, so it's not, like, 100% there, um, and there's similar things, but it's just, like, again, like, it's not the full thing, um and it's just kind of really frustrating to be like have other people have see their have them have their time in the sun which is really nice of course like i'm always supporting like that bittersweet jealousy like you're like a little jealous because you want your stories there too like you want to yeah you can feel pride for them but you can't like relate a hundred percent exactly and it's not like uh like i'm it's coming from bad intentions or anything like that it's just kind of like wow like this was like 
this could totally happen to like who's to say it couldn't happen to one of our other countries um but again it's just what the industry is just choosing to portray right now and what they're going with right now and it's just always like people audiences will understand like they have more familiarity with maybe like mexican culture or puerto rican culture like in west side story um i'm sorry not west side yeah west side story yeah in the heights um in the heights too it's just like those are big communities in new york um but that doesn't to say that our communities aren't there either you know so it's just something yeah I, I often feel like left out of some conversations like they a lot of times it's like Hispanic Heritage Month and I'm like okay but I technically I'm Hispanic because like I have ancestry to Spain but like I, I feel very strongly Latino but I can't relate to the Hispanic like Brazil is like a big ass country uh, but it's not a Spanish speaking country it doesn't really count as like like Brazilian well, like I was kind of let you you're latino but you're- yeah exactly i was so disheartened when they set up the exhibit in at work with uh, the in the heights and they had all these flags from like all the countries and i was like i went to my manager i was like what about brazil and she's like if you have one i'll add one so then i'm like getting my brother um and she's latina too she was like oh i, was, I thought they had it on that but because in the movie they have it and I'm, like not trying to disrespect my workplace or my manager at all but it was just like oh, a little disheartening that I didn't see like the Brazil one and I was working in the exhibit. I was like so excited for the exhibit. Like I had been talking with her about like what we could include in it. And it just never crossed my mind that I would have to be like, oh, but make sure there's a Brazilian flag because I feel like that's like part of Latin America. Um, mm-hmm. Like Rio was a great movie, but it's about oh, a bird. Oh, Rio. Like, mm-hmm. It's about <laughs> a bird. So, like I felt represented, but it's also like, I'm not a bird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you know. <laughs> I mean, there was a bird in the second one whose name was Felipe. And I was like, ah, the first time I see my name is it's oh like the God, Leonardo really? DiCaprio meme. I don't remember much. Of I've seen the second one once. I, I remember the first one much better. Like, I saw the second one maybe once or twice. But I remember there was a bird named Felipe. And he might have been voiced by Bruno Mars. I'm not confident. But I remember, like, being so excited. Because uh, that's a name I don't hear a lot on TV. Like, uh, just, like, my explicit name. Like, there's Phil. Yeah. Or Phil of the future. But... Uh, like in Brazil, I sometimes feel left out of the conversation a little bit in terms of like Latin representation. But I'm like, no, where? We're like the biggest country outside. Maybe Mexico oh, might be bigger geographically, yeah, but we're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Busy. Yeah. And it's like super frustrating because that is all my life. Whenever I've, li- well, not all my life because I was born and raised in Miami. So it was just very, um, it's it's a melting pot for latinos like i mean outside of like the 80 percent of cubans that live there um so like when people would ask like oh where your parents from it wasn't it like it was just kind of understanding that like there's a lot of latinos here and like you can't just assume that everybody's cuban um but the first time when i went outside of florida like i think it was um i was like 13 I was doing like this travel like abroad thing for students um program type thing and like that was like kind of like really my first exposure to like <laughs> like real white people <laughs> so like um they would like they would see me and automatically like just be like oh are you Mexican and I was just like why is this like the first thing that everybody thinks of and then I got to be you and I went to Boston um when I was going there for school, it was fully everybody's first question when asking about, like, what kind of Latino are you? Um, it's like, oh, are you Mexican? And I'm like, 
Oh, no, I'm not. Thank you, though. Um, would love Me- Mexican culture is beautiful, but I'm not. So <laughs> I-, I could see you say I do fuck with Mexican food, but I'm not I'm not Mexican. <laughs> like, that's, love- a, that's a very Gabby answer, I feel like. I could eat Mexican food fucking every day, dude. Um, it's so yummy. Um, shout out to Se- Sebastian, Sebastian Guzman, literally Guzman. Love him. Favorite Mexican out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just going back. It's like the world and like just a lot of people who aren't Latino and just like the rest of the world outside of that fully just think that Mexico we're all from Mexico, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like super frustrating because I'm like, it's not, we, Mexico is does not only build up the entirety of Central America. Um, so it's just kind of like, okay, get with it. That's fine. Yeah, it's like, I can't even think of any like stories from Honduras or from Nicaragua. Like on the first Nicaraguan representation that think, I think of is Survivor Nicaragua, which is not, <laughs> it's like an island. It's not even like the people. Like, yeah. why, like we should we should have more diverse. And I'm really glad Encanto exists because now we get a Colombian story. Um, yeah, I mean, um, even then, like when I think of like South America, um, it's a lot of like after Mexico, Puerto Rico, you get Colombians and you get Argentina. Argentina there too. So when they did Encanto and it was like Colombian, I was like, wow, this is like kind of, I'm, I'm glad. And this is kind of crazy. Um, and it was just cool to see that. Cause again, like we're all, we all have similar things in our culture and yeah. like, we all have like, probably we have our own twists on them. You know what I mean? So it's again, never something that's just kind of, um, hating on or anything it's just like bittersweet um but yeah like you mentioned like we have a lot of similarities like i remember on tiktok after when encanto blew up on tiktok there was like people like being like oh but venezuelan arepas are so much better than colombian ones and i was like yes but there's like this this beef about the arepas but like a lot of cultures have their arepas a lot of we share a lot of similar food groups um but like everyone has their own uh twists and turns and spices to add to and like Mm -hmm. a flair and like I just hope that we can continue to see like more Latino stories, but it's like also like disappointing because that's like I, oftentimes the first ones that I feel get shelved, right? Like, uh, yeah. like the show I worked on, Promised Land, got shelved after one season. Like Gordita Chronicles, which I loved, it was like uh, I think it's still technically not a hundred percent canceled, but like they're shopping it around to other networks. Uh, like uh, the Batgirl, oh, don't get me started on the Batgirl. I'm so upset. Yeah, um, I know like, we don't have. We don't have a Latino superhero. I mean, Oscar Isaac's Latino. He was in Moon Knight, but it wasn't about him being Latino. And like yeah, America we Chavez, have, we have her, we have but she's not a main character yet. Yeah, we have a lot now. We have like Pedro Pascal, who's the Mandalorian. We have Oscar Isaac, who was just like a lot of Star uh, Wars. Andor. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I will say, I haven't watched the, I watched only the first episode of Andor because I fell asleep after it because I was so tired mm-hmm. and then I haven't gotten around to it. But I felt so represented by like Andor, like just seeing Diego Luna as like because the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. like yes, Pedro Pascal, but he's in a mask the whole time. I can't feel like the representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can be I just, proud of the actor. It's like it is. It's super important to have like without the mask and like have actual representation yeah. and being able to visually see these people on screen. But like I feel like 
just knowing how Pedro Pascal is, like, he's an outwardly support, like, big Latino, like, super supporting of, like, representation on screen and just knowing that he is there behind that mask. And, like, other people do understand that he is a Latino actor. He's, like, instant his name, Pedro Pascal, like, oh, you know, like, he's getting more exposure to things. And I'm like, that is something that's really nice to see. Like, yes, yeah. there's always going to be things that we can improve on. So, but it's still nice. Just to add to that, but like, so seeing Diego Luna in that first episode, like, oh my God, he's like a fit, maskless, like a Latino character. And like, did you watch the first episode? I have not. haven't. No. Okay. Well, there's like some tribal stuff that reminds me of like Brazilian, like Amazonas culture. And like, there mm-hmm. was like a uh, made up space language that they created for the show. And there's Portuguese elements into it and like some Spanish elements as well. And that like made me excited and felt a little representative of like, Latino representation, even though it's like a space sci-fi story. No, like, I mean, come was- on, space Latinos literally like it's literally like a category now. Like I've seen all over TikTok where it's like, who's your favorite space Latino? And it's always it's like Pedro Pascal, and it's like Oscar Isaac, Duane Lulas, and then um, Zoe Saldana, who's always an alien. <laughs> yes, and then um, what else? Um, Asa- what's her name? Her uh, Rosario Dawson. Now, Rosario Dawson. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Rosario Dawson. Yeah. There you go. Um, because in I think it was I forget which which magazine I think it was Entertainment Weekly that they did a photo shoot of all of the space Latinos and they're all like all the Star Wars space Latinos, and they're just like and I think Obi Wan Kenobi was there, but like Ewan McGregor love him, but anyways, like he wasn't he wasn't the subject like the super main point of it, but they're all there and I'm like it felt so crazy good to see that because i was like this is like the first time where we have so many people that are like us on screen and representing and like showing face you know yeah and i want more superheroes too like we have america travis um uh, but and bunny's coming he's gonna make his marvel debut like oh yeah he's gonna be the not morbius what's the he's gonna be like another one of those sony spider-man people right yeah i don't i don't know i couldn't remember any marvel let me google this or he's gonna be a, a muerto. Villain. A muerto. Is it a villain or a hero? I feel like it's one of those anti-heroes, right? Uh, I like, love it. a good one. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for him, and uh, I just, I just keep wanting. Like, I want to see like, and I was so excited for Leslie Grace as like an Afro Latina superhero. Like, we don't mm-hmm. get, like, especially like women superheroes. We don't get a lot of those. Like, I know there's some in the comics, like a couple of the Green Lanterns. And like yeah. America Chavez, but like there's not a ton uh, on screen, especially live action. So I'm excited for Sochi Gomez and like to see her. Hopefully, she gets her own show. But I do hope this is like a continued conversation. I just saw that like um, WBD cut like 13 writers from like Latino writers. Yeah, uh, it's insane. Like how I was reading this article the other day because it's Hispanic heritage. So I was reading about what's going on in the industry and it's like it's the industry has been so stagnant for latinos if you've actually like look at the numbers like it seems like a lot more nowadays but it's still like in the writer's room and like as executives like as um directors like people like in production like it's still so it needs to do so much better and now that we're climbing i think we're like what 19 percent of the population are even yeah we're about 19 percent. i think it might be like point 
two less. It might be 18.8, but it's basically 19%. It's, it's going to keep growing, there. right? Yeah, and it's like in the industry, it's we're basically like, I think it's less than 10%. It's way less. It's closer to three. Like, it's, I think you're being generous with 10. <laughs> I really am. Like, I can't remember the numbers. It was such a low number. I was in shock. And then I was like, and then you look at the graphs, they had brought out graphs and it's like, no, like you think that, um, like the, 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 like, um, the change has been like ginormous, but it really hasn't. Um, and it's just kind of like a little disheartening. And I'm like, I thought we were doing so much better than we were. Um, but again, it's just kind of like having like us as creators, we just keep having to push, you know what I mean? And like having to make our way and just figure it out from here. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, not just like regular, regular live action TV. We want more cartoons like Victor and Valentino, Mm -hmm. uh, a cartoon network show that I feel like is important. Like more cartoons, more like different kinds of Latino stories. It can be geared to all audiences. Cause like, like you said, we wanted a Disney princess, uh, and does Mirabel count as a Disney princess? I don't know. But Which, we have at least a Latina character now, like, that they can look up to. But, like, we wanted, like, kids to be able to see it. Like, that's the foundation I remember, of Yeah, I remember, is, like, Princess Sophia. Like, remember her? They were, like... Elena and Sophia? Yeah. Yeah, and they were, like, yeah, that's your Latina princess. And I'm, like, girl, no. Like, what do you... <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, all the love... No one is, knows who she is. She's, like, a pediatrician. Disney Channel Junior kid. Yeah, like, I'm like, if you love Princess Sophia, that's on you, babes. Like, good for you. Like, be her number one fan. But I'm sorry, but we need an official. Like, also, I think they're like, um, more closer to Spain than anything, right? Like, yeah, um, it's which like, is like part of Hispanic Heritage Month is like Spanish stories, but there is like Latin American, like a lot of like Latinos no, are darker, like Spanish people are more lighter, and like it's like more of a culture of like Latin America is its own like cultural bubble whereas spain is partially european that like it's the conquistadors like no we don't associate with them those are conquistadors they conquered us and like again we turned that culture that we were shoved into and we made it around and we made it better if you ask me but oh, like, yeah. ugh. but uh just talking about like portrayals of latina people like what do you um what are your favorite like types of like latino stories that you've seen like anything that like really resonated with you it can be recent it can be old school um, yeah and then also the inverse what are some of the most frustrating stereotypes that you see oh my gosh okay i'll do the first one first so um i let's see I'm trying to think. so one of the portrayals i don't know if you've seen the show but it was on netflix it's called la casa de las flores it's a mexican like novella type show um that was like the first kind of it was really it, it became really big on netflix and that was like the first time that i was like wow people are interested in you know latino stories and again it's a it's a mexican um it's a mexican story um but it was it was great it was like the first season it was amazing everything's in everything's in spanish everything so it was like fully like integrated and it was just like amazing to see that people wanted to watch this and not just latinos wanting to watch it but like i knew i had a couple of like other people from different cultures who aren't latino and they're like oh yeah like i've heard of the show and like um what is it the, the heist show that everyone loves oh um, ca- casa de papel or yeah any heist? yeah it's from spain yeah it's a spanish show yeah 
Okay, so that is more Hispanic, but that is something that when people were talking about it, it became huge. I remember it was like number one on Netflix yeah. for so long. I know a lot of people also watch Elite, which is like a Spanish yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like... Um, um, trying to think more swing. Um, so that was... Uh, La Casa de Flores was more... Um, that I mean, I don't think I've seen it just basically because I thought it was something else when you first said it and then I Googled it. The first two sentences of this season one like plot like sort of like introduction is like wild like this no it's crazy good show such good show it literally it's about a family it literally hits all of the family dynamics um that i feel are very much a big thing in latino families um it deals with a lot with like a lot of modern day situations so like sexualities like money um drugs like loss like it's just it was so great it was so great such a good well-written show um i'm pretty sure everybody on the cast is latino obviously um and it was just like it was really one of those shows where i'm like oh my god like i'm actually feeling like connected to my culture when i'm watching this and it's like a very mainstream um show it's a mainstream kind of um content so it was like wow that's insane and then Taking it old school, I actually recently just saw this is an old movie, but I just recently saw it. I was, I really just first heard about it, um, and I heard, I, I wish I heard about it sooner. But um, when I went to go to the Oscar Academy Museum, they have, I don't know if you've been there. Have you been there, Felipe? No, I haven't. Okay, you should. It's great. It's a great time. Um, they have this exhibit where they, takes you through like different influences from different cultures on film and they have like an asian exhibit and they have um latino exhibit and in the latino exhibit was this movie called real women have curves i've Um, heard of that movie yeah yeah it's was made in 2002 um stars america ferrera i'm pretty sure it gave america ferrera her first oscar nom um and it i i was always so curious about it and i found out that it was on hbo max so i watched it recently um and it was just so ahead of its time it was so good it's directed by patricia cardoso um who's a latina it's about um um the movie's about a mexican-american family who um america ferro she plays the lead and it's basically kind of like a coming of age story and how she's um figuring out how to live her life um like either with, within her family or if she's gonna go to college and it's just kind of like you see the family dynamics and it was just like I was sitting there watching this movie and um you know they actually like use Spanish dialogue like there's Spanish in it like a Spanish it's Spanish English there's subtitles so like seeing all of that and like like understanding that this came out in 2002 I was like wow this was insane and america fair was part of it and you know it was a female latina directed it and it got so big to the point where it was like um you know it was like um recognized oscar it was like wow this to see that and i wish i had seen this sooner like my parents maybe if they had showed it to me i don't know my mom was usually really good at just showing movies um but no i just saw it a couple of days ago and i was like this is insane it was it was literally making me swell up because it was just kind of like the music that they were playing and like the way that you know her mom or her abuela or abuelo would talk to her the way the set design like 
the way that that house was set up, I it's like I stepped into my great grandma's house, like back home. Um, it was just so beautifully shot, and like the everything that deals America Ferrera has to deal with in the movie, it's just very something. Um, not as much because it's not as early as like the two thousands and like when we were going to college, things were different. Um, but it's very much something that you get told at as and as a woman like things that she had to face is something that I was told my entire life growing up and it was just kind of like wow like I'm fully seeing my life on screen like this is the closest I've ever gone so if you guys haven't seen it I truly recommend you should watch it too it's really great great yeah no I need to I'm adding it to my list uh this one and then uh Lyrsa told me about a movie that like now I'm more familiar with because it's part of our exhibit but Stand and Deliver which is the yes yes I teacher and I need to watch that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and then now let's talk about the inverse, like the harmful oh, stereotypes that you yeah. frustrate you. Um, I'm trying to think what's a good. Well, again, kind of like going back to like what Disney does, but a lot of shows have done this, and just kind of like, um, and I've told um one of my roommates um Sid this before, like whenever um writers try and portray like a latino family um or hispanic family they just fully you always use the throwaway line mijo or mija and that is something that literally grinds my gears so much and i'm like if you're fully gonna commit to the bit like hire a fucking latino writer and like get someone in here and like literally just like represent us like what are you doing like stop like it's just so it Ah, it's just so frustrating and then I think the biggest like in terms of stereotypes I think again like just kind of assuming like I've seen so many things where it's like on tv where it's like oh Mexicans or whatever or like Mexicans are always like um trying or like just in general Latinos are always kind of like portrayed as like helpers around the house or like um like people um people who do your lawn um people who like that's like all they're ever given you know what I mean it's never it's always just kind of especially with older movies it's never really given um like positions of power you know what I mean like Latinos and uh, trying to think what else um and like I think I guess this is a stereotype just because like um Latinos are always perceived as being really loud, but like that's kind of hard because we are loud. Yeah, but it's kind of like it could be a little more nuanced in the portrayal. Like, we are that. like Latinos can say that, but like you can't like yeah. like in a bad way. And I'm like, shut up! Like yeah. you, know. we are loud, and it's also like not always. Like I feel like a lot of the caricatures are that we're always loud, and it's like no, we're like everyone's loud at certain points, not just Latinos. Every person oh. is like. Has their ebbs and flows of volume. At the beginning, like I, I like I love Modern Family. I think they're Sophia. Or um, at the beginning, yeah. yeah, At the beginning and like throughout the show, they'll still like stick it in. I think towards the end they got better. Um, but definitely in the early stages of the show, it was fully just kind of like ragging on the fact that she was Latina. She was from Colombia that no one could understand her like her accent and I was just like 
I, I, like I I got to the Modern, Modern Family game a little bit later. Like I didn't start until like last year, and I've been like watching all of the seasons. And I was like, oh, this is fully not something that I think is funny. Like it might have been funny at the beginning, like when the show premiered, but like this is not. I don't like this. It's making me uncomfortable. And like all the snide jokes where it's like do you want to be working in the kitchen? Do you want me to deport you and all that stuff? And I'm like, oh, no, this is yeah. totally not okay. I'm curious to watch it again because I watched like the first five-ish seasons. It used to be on Netflix in Brazil, so I was probably like 14, 15, 16. It's on, it's on Hulu. If you want yeah, so I think I kind of want to rewatch it and examine it from like a different lens as like someone who's 25 now, like 10 years later. It's um, awesome. It's like but cool. I think I, something that Lyrsa said on my – I'll go ahead, sorry. Sorry, it's just like fully just kind of like cartels, like and it's not just Colombians, but like just Latinos in general have a lot like they're they're all drug cartels. We have a lot to do with like drugs and like we very dangerous and stuff like that and like um, Yeah, and uh I have like complicated feelings on that because like I do think that it's a harmful stereotype, but then when the show like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul come and they give opportunities to these Latino actors mm-hmm. like to have such a no, great yeah. role. So it's like I don't like the portrayal, but I also love seeing Latin Latin talent elevated. So it's like this weird, like I, 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 as the characters, I don't like it, but also like I can recognize that it's gonna help jumpstart some certain careers for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to go back to Modern Family, like I, something that Lirsa was saying that like she's also ESL, she's from Puerto Rico. And she always likes to say, like, like Sofia Vergara said in one episode, that, like, if you spoke Spanish, you would know how smart I was. But because I have to do everything in English, like, you don't know how smart I am in my native tongue. But I always have to think about what I'm saying because it's not my first language. And I, that really resonated uh, and hit me and made me recontextualize a lot of it because it's like, yeah, like, they don't, uh, like, it's a caricature to a lot of American audiences. But, like, it represents the struggle. Like, my parents... Uh, immigrated to this country like um and they have like they are very like they know how to speak English and don't have much of an accent but still like that's not the same situation for everyone else like they they've also been here for 30 this is the 80s I don't do mm-hmm. math college of optional math right? yeah, <laughs> like 30 35 years yeah um, no, but still like I think that's like something that people like have to recognize that like English is not a lot of people's first language but then we get shown as these caricatures of ourselves because we don't know the native language as much as like white people who grew up here it's also just very hard like and it sucks because like it's white people who are ridiculing us but also white people who don't speak another language like english is you know how smart you have to be to speak another language yeah and like i'm like you're out here like being you're you're only like what is it monolingual like imagine i'm like it's 2020 no i have some white friends who are monolingual i'm not trying to shade them but like still like it's it's like they're smart in other ways uh but like you actually like you have to juggle like three different language structures grammar rules words like you have to have like such a yeah i'll talk to my it's like i'll i have i didn't think about this obviously i was was born here in the u.s and like um spanish is my native tongue as well as english but like i think in english you know what i mean because that's just like how it was taught you know um and or like just you know just being it's born something in- i've been thinking about lately is like what is my first language because i think i understood portuguese yeah. probably before i understood english but then i grew up going to school in 
in Boston, in the Boston mm-hmm. area. So then I like feel like English is my strongest language. But I think if I had to think about it, Portuguese, Portuguese would be my first language because that's probably yeah. what I understood because that's what my parents speak to each other. Exactly. So that's probably what I heard in the house. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going back, like I asked my dad and my dad came to the States when he was 16. So I'm like, what do you, like, how do you think? Because I think in English, but I- I've asked my parents that too. And my mom's like, I don't know. And then like, she like, well, give her the- I'm like- <laughs> That's such a good, like, why are you asking me type of thing? <laughs> yeah. I don't have time for this. Um, uh, and my dad's like, no, I speak, I think in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. Because like, I mean, it's not crazy to think because obviously he was born in Honduras. So like, obviously that was his native um, language. And he moved here and he learned English. But it's just kind of just insane to see how, like, those things translate over. Um, my next question is another two-parter. It's, like, what do you want American audiences who are unfamiliar with Latino culture, whether they're white, Black, Asian, but they don't know the Latino culture, what do you want them to learn more about? And how do you think storytellers can incorporate this what do you want them to focus on moving forward in the next say 10 years of movies and tvs what do you besides just like casting and like adding diversity in front of and behind the camera uh what do you want the stories to actually represent and how do you what do you want americans to learn about our culture geez loaded question um i think just starting at the basics like i've been having this conversation a lot with my friends but um a lot of people just don't know, understand the distinction between Hispanic and Latino. Um, and I think that's kind of important if you are sort of like, if you know a lot of Latinos or Hispanics, I think it's just important to understand the difference between the two because it does make a difference. Um, and I think like maybe sometimes media gets that a little mixed up. And I'm like, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and then... Um, Talking more about the industry, again, like, just kind of understanding that, like, Mexico isn't the only Central American, like, when you think Latino, like, okay, like, yes, that's super valid that Mexican, Mexico is the first thing that you think of, um, but there are other countries and other peoples being represented, it's not the only singular culture um, that we are, that is around, that is, like, aware and a part of the industry i think um definitely adding and hiring more people of color is just always something that needs to be pushed it's something that i think has not improved at all in the industry well maybe i could be wrong i'm not on every single show that's ever been produced (laughs) but um i think we need to be doing just and like more like just constantly more and more like um it's just like it's so saddening to see to like every time that I'm on set or I go to a different set I immediately am the first thing that I'm aware of is I'm surrounded by white people like I am always just always one of the few people of color and it's just like I understand this industry has been built uh, for a certain group of people and a certain group of people have had control over it for decades but a lot of it is just kind of frustrating when companies push so many agendas like um you know like representation and it's so important to us and it's like literally like what is like their whole brand now it's just diversity and then you don't really see it in like 
where you're working and like um these stories that are being like it's important yeah that we have stories on screen and i think for the most part the industry is a little bit is moving forward casting people like who are supposed to be latino characters latino and then like of course like when it comes to race like um black people getting their parts and like asian people getting their parts and just like all like across the board just representation but i feel like when it comes to crews especially that is very much like not in the same realm and it's not on the same level like it's fully just still like white guys being grips and white guys being camera ops and white guys being like um electricians and white guys being doing lighting and white guys doing just everything and it's just so jarring to see that like shows that champion certain things and like companies that champion certain not necessarily shows because i know it's not on the show but it couldn't be helped but mainly companies that do the hiring are championing certain things and then not following through just because it's just you know like easier for them to find somebody who's been in the industry for so long rather than just giving someone like like i hate when people are like oh maybe it's like because like you know like certain groups of minorities just don't have experience or just don't have what the companies are looking for and i'm like well it's a double-edged sword because if you don't give people the experience how do you expect them to have experience and then also like you cannot sit here and tell me that not one single person of color has just as much experience as like this other person white person that you're hiring um like it's just like beyond me to think be like no one like we couldn't find anyone like anyone at all in this like area and la is a huge area full of thousands it's of people such a high chicano population and like exactly. mexican and population like, not just that but like full of latinos like there's so much latino culture like, here in los angeles at this point there's no excuses and it's yeah. insanely frustrating and i'm trying to pick my words carefully for what i want to say because uh it's a loaded sentence but like i get frustrated by a lot of companies and corporations that say representation matters and then they'll elevate the diversity of one group like whether it's asian voices or black voices or indigenous voices or latino voices but then they don't really like elevate the rest of them and i feel like we need to if representation truly matters you need to elevate all the voices at once it can't just yeah. be mm-hmm. one subset of minority voices and not just like in terms of people of color but like queer voices or trans voices or women voices like or like I think all representation matters, so you need to elevate all people, and there's a lot of intersectionality as well. Oh, so if you're I was gonna try to get yeah, if you're gonna elevate women, elevate women of color. If you're gonna elevate queer voices, elevate queer black voices or queer Latino voices, and like mm-hmm. I think that's like there's ways that you don't have to like hire the next white gay guy. You can hire a black gay guy or a mm-hmm. queer Latino woman or something. Like there's other yeah. ways. There's like there's yeah. so much intersectionality and I'm like there's so much that can be like at your disposal like there's so many creatives that are Latino or Most black of those stories are more interesting than the white copy paste of like all the stories we've seen like what does it mean for like a queer Latino like to like live in like their universe that you're going to set up as a story like that's so much more interesting than like the eighth reboot of some 90s show oh a thousand percent like I'm not like that was my like I kind of give that reason to 
like a lot of shows that are popular now that are like fully like white cast you know what i mean like for example like succession success i've never seen an episode of succession Succession. me neither i need to watch it because i heard it's an amazing show but it's white yeah i'm like everyone says it's incredible it's a great show i'm like i'm sure it is it sounds like it's great but i'm full it's not fully at the top of my list or i don't think i'll be watching it anytime soon solely because the entire cast is white and i'm like i know it's about a rich family trying to decide like who gets the company after like the old man dies or whatever the fuck um or he retires i don't know i'm like (laughs) i fully just don't find that interesting like i don't want to hear about a white family like figuring out who's going to be the next fucking billionaire of their company like we already have enough of that in the real life so i don't want to be watching that on the screen (laughs) I, I also, if, if there are fans of Succession listening to this, do you want to see a Latino version? Promised Land is literally the, the same premise of like the <laughs> dad trying to pick which of his child is going to take over the wine company. But it's like with a Latino flair and it talks about the immigrant experience. And I think that's like also like if you like Succession, you would like Promised Land, but we don't get the same chance to shine as like the Succession. And yeah, maybe like Succession has like more experience, like, creative behind it yeah like hbo's behind it so but that's like through no fault of like the promised land you know what i mean of every white show there's generally like a very similar latino show that like is not as given the same opportunities to shine Mm -hmm. like not every show like you can't have like all the same shows but there's like a lot of can you imagine um, if we had like a house of the dragon like latino like <laughs> there would be so much screaming like those meetings like not to like generalize and stereotype our people but like those meetings that are very like highly political and like are passive aggressive would be like full-on aggressive aggressive oh yeah it's so funny the weddings uh, go like 10 times harder like, yeah Oh, like that's the thing like sh- like we we throw great parties like show more of that like we ha- obviously we have the quinceanera like stereotypic we've seen that in yeah, well, place, but like, yeah but i didn't have one so no yeah i i mean i didn't have it one, wasn't, but yeah. one man but um like <laughs> i like we have we throw great parties i will say like and like i feel like like not this isn't latino representation but i feel like we're getting to see a little bit more indian representation and south asian representation and they're, we're going to see a little bit more of their like culture and like see that they also great throw great parties as well so yeah mm-hmm. um i uh do you want to add anything that we haven't discussed like i know you're also in the industry if you want to talk about any challenges that you feel like you've partic- like yeah, had to I've face had or obstacles you've had to overcome yeah like i won't say just i'm just like not gonna name which productions i've specifically worked yeah i've had these problems with um but i've had like just kind of again like the whole crew thing like i've it's so normal it's so normal to be like i think i have been the i think out of like 150 to 200 person crew there have only been like five people of color and I'm one of them. And I'm like that out of like 200 people, like, yeah. like what, what is that? Like, that's insane to me. And like, you walk in every day into this workplace environment and like, a lot of people are just like, why does that bother you? Or like, why would it bother you? And I'm like, because like, it's just so 
important i don't know like even like in a social sense not just like a professional sense but you can't really relate to people if they don't have the same upbringing this is something that was like very heavily discussed in the reality tv community about like Mm -hmm. the equity given to people of color on these shows and why it's important to have at least 50 percent of the cast be black indigenous people of color which they made a promise to uh in 2020 2021 for like Mm -hmm. the future seasons but it's because like it's hard to connect with people if they don't understand your you and like what like some like like shared like shorthand like um at work I really appreciate the fact that there's a lot of Latinos there because then I don't always have to code switch which I didn't even realize I did all that much until like working in the industry like in some oh thousands like I I didn't realize I did that when I talk to another person of color and then like code switch and then I'm like holy crap like I was literally just like this field the energy is already so different in the chemistry and I'm like this I fully wasn't aware of how big of a deal this was until I actually code switch and I talked to a person of color and I'm like holy crap like the difference is insane <laughs> like I knew what it was I just didn't realize how me, much I actually do not, it and like how much it affects me personally and like especially for us in the industry like people are like why don't like like you don't understand I'm like we work with these people like like 12 14 hours a day like if you're in production I mean. and there's um, a lot of time where like you're not so doing much time much. and it's just, like you guys practically like live with each other like at, like you see each other for so long um for for months on end and it's just kind of like like of course you would want to see someone who relates to you or just like like something that somebody that you can talk to about and has similar sees things the way that you see things and has gone through what similar things that you've gone through and not having that there is just kind of like very isolating and very it does things to like your mental health then it's just kind of like oh okay um I don't know if you can relate to this either but like I feel like a lot of like our white peers and I like knew more about like what they were expecting in the industry than I did and obviously like we can learn so much in school but like even just like having like white people around you and like some people like knew what they were doing because their parents or their family members worked in the industry but I feel like I didn't know enough about the industry moving out here that I should have even with a great film and tv and education that we had at BU like I feel like and I feel like I might have and I don't know if it's because I was like, you know, and I don't want to say that, but I feel like there were times that I felt like I didn't have the resources that some of my white peers had. And maybe that's just because they have like connections outside from like family connections. And it might not even be because they're white, but that's something that I talked about with Fanny on this series is like her big thing is like teaching Latino storytellers how to tell their stories with like pre-production resources, such as crowdfunding like projects and like how to yeah. get budgets and like, uh, line producing sort of skills that's another thing like i feel like because of the industry was so controlled by a like certain like group for so long it's a lot harder for people of minority groups to have mentors that look and think like them like yeah. if, like for us to have like latino mentors at our workplaces that's not it's really hard because like you don't have Latinos or if you're if you're black, it's really hard to find like executives or people that are above you like directors or producers or to really find them on crews because they're not given those opportunities and like we constantly have to make our ways ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's incredibly frustrating and I feel like if it had 
we had more opportunities to do this, the industry would be completely different. Um, and I think that's why a lot of, like, I feel like Latinos or other minority groups or his, um, Hispanics, Latinos, other minority groups, everybody, um, it's just, like, so hard for them to find resources, like, like what you were saying with Fanny, like, the crowdfunding or, like, because we just don't know. Because there's just, like, no, like, not, I don't want to say awareness, but just, like, opportunities to share and to, like, on a, like, a good big scale. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No. Um, do you have anything else you want to discuss that like we haven't hit on? Um, no, I think, I think we, I think we've said everything I've wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell? Uh, I'm asking all my guests to think of like a Latino TV show or movie. It could be a song, a book, some Latino story that they want to plug that they want people to check out if they've never heard of it before. But also, uh, where can people keep up with you if they're curious? Uh, I know you have a podcast as well, which I I am a big Dude. fan of, and I miss it. But also, I know we you and Camila are so busy. Yeah, we have some news, actually. Um, just before this call, I was actually in a meeting with my co-host and co-creator, um, Camila. And um, just before I announce that, I do want to plug um, Real Women Have Curves again just because it was i saw it and it literally like i didn't have i never saw it when i was little and i think that if i was shown that movie um as a latino um as a hispanic if i was shown that movie when i was younger i definitely would have probably been a different person (laughs) like not gonna lie like it was just so it's so it's just so great to see like it was insane. It was it's such a good movie. Um, and it's a good watch. It's an easy watch. It's not too long. Um, and then yes, so um, I have a podcast with my best friend, um, Camila. We're both um, we're also we're both Latinas. We're both Hispanics. Um, she's currently currently in London right now. Um, but our podcast is basically kind of just called Thoughts Worth Thong. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can stream music or podcast and um basically it's just kind of two best friends catching up she's also in the industry as a latina and she's in the industry over there so it's a great perspective i think to have on the show um and yeah and i just wanted to announce that we fully have arranged our return date and um we will be returning for season two on october 16th yeah that's so exciting oh and yeah, go and I listen. love your movie review sections of the podcast. Like when you talked about the Batman. Um, oh. I love, like, I mean, there's a quote that lives rent free in my mind, but I won't share that. That's for them to discover if they Is it really? Oh, yeah. Go and listen to, um, we'll talk. You gotta let me know the quote. I'm curious. It's, I'll tell you off air. Yeah. But it's it's when you watched uh, the Batmobile scene. Uh, oh, my God. No, no. Do you know no, what quote like, it is? Uh, I don't know if uh, your listeners are ready for that. I feel like they no. should watch i mean listen to listen to some other stuff first but that one is is hilarious uh i i want to hear all your thoughts on the marvel movies that we've missed because that was another thing that you used to do yeah like, um, um yeah well yeah, we've but, got... yeah no i'm excited uh i'm excited that's like also perfect like we're gonna get, continue getting listeners after latino heritage month it's the first day after that you'll be able to like come back strong and you'll have i'm so excited yeah we'll take a break just because like we're both busy Listen, um, you took your summer season off, and now you're back for yes, a new season. It's like network TV. Exactly. And it's also a bit hard with the time difference, but we're yeah. 
work. So, yeah. um, um, do you want people to keep up with you on any social media outside of that? Is there like a Thoughts Worth Thunk Instagram that you want to follow? Yes, Thoughts Worth Thunk Instagram and um, Twitter and a Facebook page. It's all of it the same. It's all Run by the pooch. Yep. Uh, it's all um, at Thoughts Worth Thunk. So, if you put that anywhere, you'll find us. Um, it's a little orange logo with a light bulb on it. Um, and if you um, need links for that, um, I'll we, plug it in the show notes. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be plugging that in, but you can also find it on my Instagram bio, and that is where all of our podcast stuff is. And what's your Instagram if you want to follow that? Instagram is at Gabby and Morales. If you yeah. guys go ahead and follow, love that. Yes, uh, thank you so much for joining me, Gabby. I had so much fun talking about this all with you. Yeah, it's just a great conversation, and it's just kind of like very um important to have and i was glad we were able to talk about this on your podcast of course no and i think it's an important conversation and this is not the end of the conversation hopefully it's just like a continuation uh hopefully not the beginning for anyone but it may be the beginning but uh continuation and a continued conversation that we need to keep having as an industry and as creatives but i'm so glad you joined me yeah happy hispanic heritage month everybody And there you have it, my friends. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation with Gabby. Now, as always, we got to wrap up with some plugs. Uh, so uh, you can listen to Thoughts or Thunk on any platform that you listen to podcasts. Um, I will also add a little link in the show notes that if you don't check the show notes, you'll miss out on some other stuff. Uh, we have links to Lyris's podcast as well and Abby Maria's voting contest, um, as well as future projects that our future guests will talk about. Um, so check out the show notes if you've ever wondered where you can get some links. Uh, also, uh, you can follow the Brazilian Dragon on all social media at Brazil Dragon Pod. Uh, that's the quickest way you'll find out what we have going on. Uh, the day this is being released is actually the 30-year anniversary of Cartoon Network. And uh, if you know us, we love to talk about Cartoon Network stuff here. We have our Zillennial theme song bracket from episode 50. Um, we do a Total Drama Island rewatch podcast here as well, so that's some Cartoon Network synergy. So I just want to shout that out because, obviously, like growing up, the first thing you think of when uh, you think of nostalgia kids shows is cartoons, and Cartoon Network is a home of them. It actually had some iconic Latino characters, if you think about it. Um, uh, hopefully, we'll continue to see more, like uh, Victor and Valentino, like Rolando mentioned. But yeah, so just wanted to highlight that. Uh, in terms of my meme, you can follow me at what the fleep if you are interested. Uh, but most importantly, follow the Brazilian Dragon on all social media, especially Instagram. That's probably where you can see you can get to know our guests for this project with a photo of them, and then find links to their bios and everything they're going, uh, they have going on. Uh, but you can follow on all social media as well. Now, uh, for my Latine and Hispanic Heritage Month plug of the episode. I'm going to actually recommend a movie on Netflix. It's an animated movie. And if you know me, you know I love animation. Uh, and this is actually uh, almost a year ago. I moved, like I said earlier, I moved out here in October of 2021. October 3rd is when I got on the plane. And in the hotel room, I probably October 6th, I watched Vivo. It might have been a little later. Vivo is a Netflix animated movie about a kinkachu uh, from Cuba who has his own mission to get to Florida to Miami to give someone a letter um, of sorts. 
and it's uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. He wrote the songs. He plays the Kinkachu. It's a good time. It's full of Latino storytelling and pride. Uh, also, one of my favorite comedians, Nicole Byer, is in it as a flamingo, and Nicole Byer is incredible. Uh, so just that's my Netflix recommendation or my Latino uh, heritage recommendation. So I hope you all enjoy that. Now, without further ado, let's throw it to the music provided by Gabby. Uh, take care, everyone. Si se puede, echa palante.